On today's episode of a Wicked Good Patriots podcast, I recap the Patriots Week 2 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, how the Patriots picked up their first win of the season, I talk about how the offense looked better, still work to be done, but an improvement nonetheless. I also go into how I think the defense looks really good and why the defense could be a point of real strength for the Patriots throughout this season. All that and more coming up on a Wicked Good Patriots podcast. Make it to Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a Wicked Good Patriots podcast presented by Guy Boston Sports. I am your host, Anastasios Kalimos, a.k.a. the Greek Freak. Today is Monday, September 19th, 2022, and the New England Patriots have picked up their first win of the 2022 season. Let's clap it up. <laughs> Patriots 1-1 one one on the year now, got their first win. Wasn't the prettiest of wins. It wasn't the, the greatest result, but you know what? You take what you can get. We'll take the win, 1-1. One and one. The New England Patriots are in the win column for this season. Um, great football Sunday, guys. It was great to be back. It's great. you know. Thank you for, again for all the, the feedback, all the people who have been supporting me You know, entering week two of the show. Uh, really appreciate everything you did. If you did watch Friday's show and you stuck around to the end, you might have won a little bit of money. My Patriots picks all hit on Friday's show. I gave you out you know, the money line, the spread over under. I gave you... Four prop bets, every all seven bets that I handed out swept seven and zero. So you know on Fridays I'll always be giving out picks for just the Patriots games. Again, if you want all my gambling picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Akilimos, or you can watch my other show on Guy Boston Sports Play Action Takes, which is a general football show where we talk about a little bit more of everything. So I give you more picks beyond just Patriots games, but on Friday shows. I will always be giving you picks, props, all kinds of stuff for the Patriots games. So 7-0 already on the year. Off to a great start in terms of uh, of betting for Patriots games. So on Fridays, make sure to always stick around towards the end. I always give up my picks. Uh, you know, if you're looking to win a little extra cash, holidays, you know, we're already halfway through September. Holidays will be here before you know it. You need a little extra spending money. Make sure to stick around to the end of Friday shows uh, for those bets. But... Today's Monday. We got a recap show for you, recapping Patriots Steelers Week Two. Uh, again, like I just said, not the prettiest win. You know, it's not a win that was so overly flashy. It's not one that's going to be talked about for a long time. You know, you're not going to run around bragging to everybody about how you won today. But it's a win, and based off last week, kind of felt like this win was going to be hard to come by, and the Patriots played better they got the win they took care of business on the road in a tough place to play pittsburgh is not an easy environment to play in very passionate fan base very decent team I mean, mike tomlin's one of the best coaches in football they even without tj watt who didn't play they still have an elite defense um you know they're a well-run team for the most part and 
getting a win like that on the road, especially coming off, off of a loss like New England did in week one in Miami, um, this was a great spot to come in and get a bounce-back win. So they did a good job. Again, is there still stuff to work on? 110%. Are problems that were there week one still there in week two? 100%. But you got to take the good when it comes, and New England definitely did play better in week two than they did in week one. So let's start off with the offense because, again, that's kind of been the talking point all year on this team is the offense and and all their struggles. Again, sticking with the theme that they were better but not great, the offense was improved. It was a lot more efficient in week two than they were week one. First and foremost, they were able to run the football in week two, which I didn't think they did particularly well in week one. I thought they kind of struggled to run the ball in week one. Um, Damian Harris in particular had a great game, 71 rushing yards on 15 carries two, uh, and a rushing touchdown. Again, that was one of my prop bets from Friday was anytime touchdown scorer Damian Harris. Um, you know, he played a lot better. The team as a whole, 124 yards on 31 carries that, that you know, it's about four yards a carry. Um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson ran pretty well. Max Jones actually had seven carries, which I didn't like seven carries for six yards. That was more just kind of, you know, Protection failing, tried to scramble out. Didn't really work out in his favor. But in terms of running backs, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson each had uh, pretty great games. Ramondre Stevenson, 47 yards and nine carries. So New England's running backs played a heck of a lot better. I thought the offensive line in terms of run blocking, which I actually thought was pretty weak in week one. I felt like they had a hard time blocking for the running backs, getting creating holes for them. Um, I thought they did a lot better in week two. And clearly, you saw it, it It worked because, you know, they were able to actually run the ball with success. Um, you know, and like I said, the 4.0 yards per carry, Mac Jones, his seven carries bring that average down, but it's probably closer to about 4.5, five yards a carry yesterday. So that, again, better. And, and this team, especially while they're starting to work things out with the passing game, they're going to have to lean on the running game, kind of like they did last year. Again, I don't want them to... I thought last year they were way too much reliant on the run, and I get it. They have a really great offensive line that's great for run blocking. They have a great running back room. I don't mind them being a little more on the run-heavy side, but last year to me was just way too much. I mean, they they were running the football, I thought, like to a point where it hurt their offense. They were running it so much. Like, you gotta you got to throw, especially in today's game, you need to throw the football. And so I don't mind them leaning on the run, like how they ran today. You know, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson combined for 24 carries. I don't mind running the football 25 to 30 times a game, as long as we're also passing the football 30 to 35 times a game like we did. Mac Jones, 35 pass attempts against the Steelers. I don't mind if we're running the football 25, 30 times. What I don't want is where sometimes last year where they were running the football 30 to 40 times and they're only throwing the football maybe 15 to 20. That's not what I want to see, and it looks like so far this season – as much as I don't like the Patricia Joe Judge offense, at least they are let, throwing the football more. They're putting the ball in Mac Jones's hands and saying, "Here, let's see what you can do." And uh, I guess transitioning to Mac Jones and how he played again, not great, but better. I thought. I thought you know, twenty-one for thirty-five, not uh, you know the best line. He was twenty-one for thirty in week one. 21 for 35 in week two. This defense is pretty good, so give him the credit there. 
He did throw a pick today, another pick on a deep ball. You know, did he get lit up on it? Yes. You know, um, I can't excuse, you know, you can't excuse every turnover he has, and I try not to, but, you know, the week one, I thought the turnover was a 50-50 jump ball, whatever. This one, he got nailed as he threw, and it wasn't the best decision throwing the double coverage. Minka Fitzpatrick was right there. But I also understand where he was going, and maybe had he not gotten rocked, you know, while he was going to throw, maybe he would have made a better deep ball on that. I don't know, but again, he threw another pick, so now he has two interceptions through two weeks, but he also has two touchdowns. Again, not the best showing, but I like what I'm seeing overall. I like the fact that they're throwing the ball downfield. It's not just a little, you know, dink and dunk offense. It's not the screen passes constantly. It's not the little five-yard out routes. You know, they're actually trying to move the ball down the field, you know, throwing it deep. I mean, the touchdown Nelson Aguilar, who, by the way, Aguilar, I, I crapped on him last week. I said the Patriots should cut him. He had a great game. Redeemed himself completely. Six targets, six catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. The touchdown catch he had right before halftime, he completely mossed the defender. Um, great play out of Aguilar, who I think today, I mean yesterday, excuse me, was probably his best game as a Patriot. You know, he stepped up when the Patriots needed somebody as a deep threat, someone to move the ball down the field. It was Aguilar. I, I'm not really sure why it's not Devontae Parker and what's going on there. We'll get into that in a second. But Aguilar played great. Jacoby Myers, I think he continues to prove he's probably the wide receiver one. He's he's the most reliable target. He's the guy that Mac Jones seems to have the best chemistry and the most trust with uh, overall. Way, so he clearly favors Myers, which I'm fine with because Myers he's efficient when he throws to him. You know, um, I will say going talking about the receivers again. I mentioned about Devontae Parker. I'm I I'm a little nervous about the whole Devontae Parker thing because he was supposed to be the big offensive acquisition we had this offseason in terms of getting Mac a better weapon. And he had two targets, zero receptions today. Uh not what you want to see. Not what you want to see. I I'm I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not gonna overreact too too much because it is still early, but the excuse of he's new and he needs time to acclimate it's kind of wearing thin on me because of the fact that, you know, Amari Cooper went off today for the Browns. And, you know, he's only only his second game in Cleveland. You know, A.J. Brown last week, his first game with the Eagles, he went off. You know, Allen Robinson today with the Rams, only his second game in L.A. He had a touchdown. He had a good game. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill now has had two good games with the Dolphins. And I know these a lot of these receivers are on a higher level than a Devontae Parker. But my point being that, you know, all these other receivers, they're in the same boat as Parker where they just joined this team. It's only their first and two second games with the with their teams, and yet they're all having major success. And here we are with Devontae Parker, who, you know, held without a catch in week two. And what did he have, one catch in week one? So I'm a little nervous. I'm still going to give him benefit of the doubt. I'll wait a couple more weeks before I really, you know, start pressuring in on why is Devontae Parker not working. But it's definitely not off to the best start, especially when you consider he he's supposed to be the wide receiver one, essentially, for this team. He He's supposed to be the big playmaker that Mac needed in year two to make a big jump, and he doesn't, not, he doesn't look like that right now. Um, if anything, Nelson Aguilar looks more like the big play receiver than anything, which is a little alarming. Even though he played well, my, my faith in Aguilar is not the highest. So, again... 
Receivers, uh, Jacoby Myers is playing great. Kendrick Bourne got more involved this week, which was nice to see. Nelson Aguilar had a great game. Uh, the tight end room. Another group that I feel like, you know, we're investing again. We talked about it last week. We have, we're, this team is investing so much money into wide receivers and tight ends. And yet we still don't look like we have a great core. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith combined for four targets, zero receptions against the Steelers. That, to me, is not acceptable. We have the highest paid tight end room in the National Football League. And I don't know who's to blame. I don't know if it's the Bill Belichick, if it's the offensive play callers, Judge and Patricia. I don't know if it's Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry themselves because, you know, not getting involved. But how do we have the most expensive tight end room in the league, two guys who are supposed to be – two of the better pass-catching tight ends in football, and yet we cannot get them involved in the offense. They cannot make an impact. We're spending so much money on these guys, and I feel like they don't do anything for this team. It's frustrating to watch. We have it, – it just, it just it's alarming. It's frustrating. There's so many words I can throw at it. It's just annoying, I think, is the best word to describe it. It's annoying. The fact that we have so much invested. You know, you go out and get Devontae Parker – and he's done nothing for the Patriots. I get it. It's only two weeks in, and he needs time. But like I said, he needs time, but all these other guys don't. And it's like, man, why couldn't we get any of those receivers? You know, the Cleveland Browns got Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. He had an amazing game today for the Browns. Even though they lost to the Jets, he had an amazing game. A.J. Brown, I mean, I understand it costs money, but you've already shelled so much out to this offense. Why not shell out more? I mean, you're paying – just like it feels like they're paying the wrong guys. The Eagles went out and got A.J. Brown. He's already made a huge impact in their offense. You know, all these teams, they went out and got receivers this offseason. There's no reason why New England couldn't get any of those other guys. There's no reason at all. Draft picks, we've been in the draft. We have a couple hits here and there. But I feel like in the draft lately, we've been whiffing more often than not. So why not trade some of these draft picks and get in some established help? I just, you know, I'm trying to stay calm when it comes to the receiving core give them the benefit of the doubt, and give them time. But this is a problem that's been hurting the Patriots now for years, dating back to the Brady years. Since 2019, 2018, really. And, you know, we've invested so much money in draft picks and time, and I still feel like we don't have what we need for a solid offense. Why are Jonu Smith, and, and I get it, Hunter Henry's more of a red zone threat. That's fine. But where is Jonu Smith? I remember watching Jonu Smith with the Titans with Ryan Tannehill. He looked like the next big thing at tight end. He looked really good. Where has he been? Where is that Jonu Smith? Like I said, are we not using him correctly? Is it on Jonu? Is it on the coaches? Is it on Mac Jones? Who is it on that he, this man has literally become irrelevant in New England? It's so annoying. And the worst part is, I know for a fact that if we release Jonu Smith tomorrow, wherever he went next, he'd have a big impact. He, I, I, I believe it 100%. Like, if we let John Smith go tomorrow, whatever team picked him up, he'd play a heck of a lot better with them. And it just and that makes me think it's, it's a Patriot thing. It's frustrating. It really is because Mac Jones, I do think he's playing better. Like I said, he's not great, but better. But he'd be playing even better if he had guys who could play, make plays for him. You know, we got Devontae Parker for a reason. We got John Smith for a reason. We got Hunter Henry for a reason. And the Steelers are a good defensive team. Don't get me wrong. But why are we not making plays? We didn't make plays against Miami with the tight ends. We didn't make plays 
uh, against Pittsburgh with tight ends. Like, I just, if that's the case, let's dump these guys. Let's get rid of them. Let's move on. Take the hit. It's it just frustrating to me. Um, rant finished. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just frustrating, like I said, because Mac Jones, you know, I do believe that he has what it takes to be an elite quarterback in this league. I think that he could reach like a Kirk Cousins level, and some people may laugh when I say that, but Kirk Cousins is not a bad quarterback at all. He is a really efficient quarterback for the most, you know, people, are gonna, again, they're going to laugh at me for saying efficient, but the man puts up numbers. The man consistently can get the Vikings in a position to make the playoffs. You know, I mean, he almost got them within a Super Bowl. They were in the NFC Championship game not too long ago. You know what I mean? Like, he he got – or not the NFC Championship game, excuse me, but he got them in the playoffs before, obviously, they got beat by New Orleans um, that year. But Kirk Cousins has gotten the Vikings in positions to make the playoffs, to make moves. And that's Mac Jones. Mac Jones can put the Patriots in positions like he did last year to make the playoffs, to maybe make a, a playoff run. I don't think he's a bad quarterback at all. But sending him out there with subpar weapons, you can't get the best. And that's the thing. Their goal should be to get the best they can possibly get out of their young quarterback. And by giving him what they're giving him, it's not working. This is not giving him the best weapons. And I like I watch him throw. He can be a really great quarterback. But he's got to get guys who can, besides Jacoby Myers, he needs other people who can make plays for him. And right now, I don't see it. Now Snagler, you know, he did good today, but will he do good next week? Because that's kind of the thing with him. You get one good game and then follows it up with like two or three bad games. So to kind of put it all together for the offense in week two, the running game was better, which I which was obviously a positive sign because as long as the offense is struggling with some growing pains and continuing to get better, they're going to struggle. And so having that ability to kind of lean into the run to open things up for the offense is a big help. So that's an encouraging sign was the fact that – because I was a little – that was like after week one, I'm like, are we not going to be able to run the football like we did last year? We're not going to be able to run the football anymore? No, they can still run the football pretty well. And I felt like they were a lot more balanced today than they were at any point last year. They threw 35 times. I take away the Mac Jones scramble plays, the seven carries, because those aren't really run plays. You know, they ran the football 24 times between Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And even if you include the th- you know the seven runs from Mac Jones, it's 35 passes against 31 rushes. Pretty well balanced, leaning a little bit more towards passing, which is what I like to see. So, signs of improvement, still a lot of work to be done, but encouraging for me. I'm my again my confidence level on this team for the year. I'm still not you know I'm not all of a sudden the, the you know the flip has been switched or the switch has been flipped. Excuse me, uh, you know the switch hasn't been flipped. And now all of a sudden, I'm all in on the Patriots going to the playoffs and they're a contender and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. My anxiety for this team and my and my doubt for this team is still very much there. This win did not alleviate that. But it did make me feel a little more confident in the fact that this team is going to improve. And with improvement, they could win a lot more games. If this offense continues the trajectory and continues to improve, they could win a lot more games. The big reason for me that I think they can still be good is the defense. You know, the defense for me is really where I think New England can, can make their money this season. Uh, another great game defensively. Were they against Mitch Trubisky and a Steelers offensive line that is one of the worst in football? Yeah. This is the, no one looks at the Pittsburgh Steelers and think they're the model of offensive efficiency, right? But they have playmakers on the field. 
You know, they have Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, Fryermuth. I mean, and Mitch Trubisky's not, I again, I think he's an average at best quarterback, but he's not terrible. And, you know, New England's defense made him uncomfortable. They sacked him three times. They put pressure on him. Again, the, the benefit of having this younger, faster defense is you can put pressure on the quarterback. And that's the one thing I'm liking that I see that I think we lacked at times last season. You know, last year I felt like it was really only Matt Judon who was putting pressure, and he he's playing great. He had a sack again today. It felt like Judon last season was the only guy who was getting pressure on the quarterbacks, whereas this year it feels like, you know, Barmore, and Barmore had a great year last year too, don't get me wrong, but it feels like we're putting a lot more pressure on quarterbacks. It felt like we did a pretty good job making two uncomfortable and getting him out of the pocket. You know, we did the same thing with Trubisky. Now, the difference is Tua has more athleticism where he can get out and make plays on the run. And you saw today, that's not really Trubisky. Trubisky, you know, having to roll out and try to make plays off balance and, and you know, uncomfortable wasn't as effective as Tua was. So, you know, they did a really good job putting pressure. Najee Harris didn't have a great game running on the ground. And that's the one thing that, you know, in years past, I feel like it's been a kind of understated fact. But the fact of the matter is that the run defense in New England for the last three, four years, has not been great. They win, I think, in spite of a run defense that's not great. And I feel like part of the reason why it hasn't been a bigger, bigger issue is because of the fact that a lot of times in the last couple of years, not really the Cam Newton year, but like last year and the last couple of years of Brady was because they had leads. So obviously if you're a team that's trailing, you need to start throwing the ball, not running it, because you, know, you need to preserve time. Uh, and... There were times, especially the Cam Newton year, but last year too, like when we played the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, and granted, Jonathan Taylor had his way with a lot of teams last season. You know, Jonathan Taylor did whatever he wanted. And I felt like at times our run defense was just putrid. And it looked better today. Najee wasn't able to, you know, have a breakout game. He didn't have a monster day against our defense. Uh, We finally capitalized on some turnovers. You know, Jalen Mills caught the interception. We had the fumble on the uh, punt. So, New England, they the turnover battle, they won it today, which was one thing we talked about on um, last week's shows, where the fact that you can't really be negative three in the turnover battle and win football games. And I think that was a big difference maker today because had they, had they had one or two more turnovers, they lose this game, even one. If Mac Jones throws two picks or they have one of those fumbles like they had last week, they lose this game. Because it was only a three-point game. Um, so not having as many tur- – limiting the turnovers, winning the turnover battle, forcing some turnovers, it definitely had an impact. It gave the New England a better chance to win. And, again, the defense, 14 points allowed. Not bad. Through two weeks. Last week, we talked about it. They had, you know, 20 points they gave up, but seven of those was the fumble six. Three of them came off of the interception, but we'll say 13. They have now had held their opponents defensively. 14 or less points, 14 or fewer points each of the last two weeks. That's pretty good. You know, it's not like the, the Dolphins, you saw their offense, what they did against the Ravens today, right? 42 points, they went off. We held them to 13. Uh, you know, the, the Steelers, they only had 23 against the Bengals last week, but we held them to 14. These guys have playmakers, and we do, we've been doing a pretty good job. Two weeks into the season, I really like what I'm seeing from the defense. That's, that's something that I will say. I think the defense, and I, and I talked about it last week, I thought actually the defense I was really nervous about coming into the season because the secondary was was thin and a lot of guys getting first opportunities, blah, blah, blah. 
they they look really good. The defense looks really good. Have they been really really tested? No, I think obviously we have Baltimore coming up in week three. That'll be a real good test of how good this defense is going up against Lamar Jackson and, and, and that team and all the speed that they bring with them. That'll be a real test of how this defense holds. But I really like what the what the defense has given us the first two weeks, and I think that, which again, kind of what we saw last year too. But the defense is what will make this team special if they're going to be special. The offense has a lot of issues it needs to work out, but it looks like the defense will at least be able to keep the games low scoring enough. Because that's the thing: if this defense was bad, New England would have no shot. Because they're right now, the Patriots do not have an offense that can score at will. Right? They're not going to score. Th- they struggle to score seventeen. They're not going to go out and put up 30 points. So if you if you have a, if your defense is giving up 20 plus, you know, 24 or 27, they're not going to win games right now at least until the offense figures its stuff out. So having the defense play as well as they've had for the first two weeks, very very important for a struggling, growing offense. So overall, I really liked what we saw. Still plenty of work to do, but if you are a Patriots fan, this week was an encouraging sign. I can see the improvement. I can see the path to New England possibly being a playoff team. Um, again, long, long, kind of a long shot because tough schedule mixed with the fact that I don't know if this offense can figure it all out this year. It may not. It may be something that needs to be fixed in the offseason. But I like what I'm seeing for the most. You know what I mean? Like I, there's stuff there. I said it week one. There are some things that I like, and there's some bright spots. And those spots got brighter in week two, and some other spots brightened up. I can see this team being tough to play. That's, the I think, the encouraging thing is that there's not going to be too many games this year where I think they're going to be blown out or you're going to see them just be absolutely humiliated. I think this team will be a tough play for a lot of, for a lot of opponents. The defense is faster. It's a lot, it looks a lot better. Um, the offense is... Improved in week two. We need to continue to see improvements. It can't stall here. It needs to continue to up and up and up as the weeks go on. But the path is there. Just needs to keep getting better, we, especially especially in the offense. It needs to continue to improve. We need to start getting Mac Jones more comfortable throwing. We need to get the receivers more involved. There's still plenty of work to be done, people. But, again, I keep saying again a lot. But there is more confidence I think in this team going forward after the first two weeks there's still a lot that I don't like but there's enough to like here that I think as Patriots fans we can move forward and be um, confident in the fact that New England can win football games and they that if they really they really improve they could be a playoff team they could because we're only two weeks in right there's still a lot that can happen a lot that could but you know, the the Broncos don't look great two weeks in. I mean, they're one and one, but they they struggled to beat Houston yesterday. The Raiders are zero and two. Chargers lost. They're one and one. Herbert's now dealing with injuries. the The AFC South is a complete mess. We'll see what the Titans do on Monday Night Football, but the Colts look terrible. The Jaguars look okay, but you know they blanked the Colts look bad. The Texans look like they're going to be a tough out for whoever they play, but you know they don't look great. Like all four of those, one of those teams will have to win the division. But the AFC South that doesn't look great. The AFC North, the Bengals are zero and two. The Ravens are one and one. The Steelers are one and one. The Browns are one. You know, so 
it's only two games, but in terms of the wild card, a lot of teams early on that we thought, you know, these are going to be the real heavyweight playoff teams, not looking great early on in the season. In our division, Buffalo, we'll see what they do Monday night, but Miami 2-0, and they look really good. Um, we'll see, but that I do think New England could make the playoffs. It's going to take a lot of improvement, but there is a path to it. All right, so, yeah, so I'm going to wrap up the show. We have some fan questions. Again, every Monday uh, I will be taking mailbag questions, whatever people want to ask or, or even not even ask. If you want to make a comment, just anything that you want discussed on the show, feel free to share that with me, and I'll absolutely bring it up and talk about it. We only have a few today, but I thought I would get into them. First question comes from Max, who says, are you worried about Devontae Parker and his role in the offense? Again, I talked about it a little bit. Um, throughout the episode, I, I am worried about Devontae Parker. The fact that two games in, he's done nothing. But I, I'll hold that hope. I think I'll have my real answer by, by week four. After week four, if Devontae Parker is still doing nothing in this offense, that's when I think you have the right to hit the panic button on Devontae Parker's Patriots tenure because I'll give benefit of the doubt and, and hopefully it's just early season stuff because every team has their early season struggles. Like like I just talked about Cincinnati, the Bengals are 0 two, but do I think they'll figure it out? They'll probably figure it out at some point. It could be the same thing for Devontae Parker. He could just have a rough start. You know, he could figure it out, but I'm going to give him till week four because if four weeks into the season, a qu- almost a quarter of the way through the football season, you still are having no impact. You're still having like one or two catches a game. Then that's when I'm going to be like, all right, this does not seem like it's working. So, I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet, but I definitely have it by my side and ready to go in a few weeks. Uh, Jason asks, do you think the Matt Patricia Joe Judge offensive coordinator gig is working better or worse after week two? My thoughts remain the same. I don't think it's working. Um, Although the offense was better this week, I still – don't like what's going on. I still stand by my take, which is name one of the two of them an offensive coordinator. Just name one. It was better, but you know, I, I'm I'm not like it's not like after week two I'm sitting here like, oh yeah, you know what? Belichick was right. These two got it figured out. There's still a lot that I don't like that I'm seeing with the play calling. Improvement doesn't necessarily mean that I think they're doing a good job. I I do think this team still needs a lot of help. Um, and I think that the whole two coordinator thing is just a problem. I'm not a fan of it. I just think that Bill Belichick really screwed up on this one. I think if you had actually gotten a real offensive coordinator, this offense could look a, a lot better right now. It, it, it's I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say this is worse than with McDaniel. I think I honestly rather probably still have Josh McDaniels if I'm being honest. Now you know what I take that back because at least. The one thing I'll give credit to the Patricia Judge Frankenstein monster offense room is the fact that they're at least throwing the football, which that last season with McDaniels frustrated me so much. The fact that they just refused, it it seemed like they refused to throw the football. It was so frustrating to watch. And, And I know he's a rookie quarterback at the time, and you didn't have full faith in him, but. You know, if you're running it 17 times in a row and it's not working, maybe throw in a couple passes. There were so many times where I'm like, you throw a little play-action fake here, you get a big play down the field. Mac Jones has a pretty decent arm, but nope, 
they just didn't grow. At least, you know, has it worked out every time? No, it hasn't. But at least this year, he's thrown the football 65 times in two games. That's a lot more than he usually would have thrown if McDaniels was play calling. And not to shit on McDaniels, but, you know, two games into his Raiders tenure, I'm not I'm not really missing that guy all that much. As bad as it is, I think it could – I'm actually happier with what we have now than if we had just stuck with Josh McDaniels, who I think he's lost his luster a little bit um, as a coach. All right, last question before we close up the the, uh, the show. Joshua asks, what are your thoughts on the Cole Strange pick so far? Is he worth the first-round investment? Uh, the thing with Cole Strange is it's funny. I never hated Cole Strange as a pick, to be totally honest with you. Even in the first round when people said, oh, it's a reach. I never hated the Cole Strange pick necessarily because I do think – I always thought he was a good pick. He was a Patriot pick. And he had a really great game in week two. He had a couple great plays uh, blocking against the Steelers. He had a great game. He's looked really good the first two weeks. I know there were some talks in, in training camp that he kind of looked bad. I, I thought, from what I saw in preseason stuff, I didn't think he looked all that terrible. In the first two weeks of the season, he looks really, really good. The problem that I've always had with the Cole Strange pick was that it felt kind of unnecessary. You had a Pro Bowl guard in Shaq Mason, and you shipped him to Tampa Bay for a fifth-round pick so that you could clear cap space. And then you didn't really use the cap space for anything. So that was my problem with it. It was more like it felt like it wasn't a problem that needed to be addressed. It felt like it was a problem that New England created that didn't need to happen. You know, I would have rather seen that first round pick invested somewhere else, maybe on the defense or God forbid they took another receiver. They did take Tyquan Thornton later on in the second round, but that was more where I came out with it was like, or even if you're going to go offensive line, take a tackle because you know, with the whole Isaiah win thing and the fact that Trent Brown's a little older, so you don't know where he's going to, how long he's going to be around for. If anything, I would have taken a tackle, but it just felt that was the thing was like it felt it, and like again I I don't wasn't mad that they took Cole Strange so early because that's you know Belichick liked him and he didn't want him to fall and to somebody else fair enough and he looks really good and I I think he'll have a great career in New England I think he'll end up being a Pro Bowl guard honestly I do my where I I mean a lot of people freaked out about that pick where my level of disappointment with that pick was it just felt like it was unnecessary it felt like we, our guard position was really good you know you had it's Jack Mason. You still have Michael and Wenu. You had at the time you had Teddy Carras, who's now at the Bengals. But you know you had a solid number of guards. It really felt like why are we using a first round pick on a position that wasn't a weakness? And again, it felt really like the whole training Shaq Mason to me doesn't make sense. It still doesn't to this day because I get it if you were clearing cap space to make a move to bring somebody important in. Had they used the money and, and went ahead and got somebody, then I totally get it. But they never really did anything with the Shaq Mason trade. Um, so it just kind of felt like a waste. And we only got a fifth-round pick back for a Pro Bowl-level guard who we then had to use a first-round pick to replace. So it just kind of really felt like a problem that we created. And it I wouldn't say Cole Strange is a waste because I think he'll be good. It just was like we could have just held on to Shaq Mason. I feel like we'd be fine. If we weren't going to spend that money, again, if you were going to spend the money, then go at it. But you didn't spend the money, 
and you had to then use your first round pick to replace Shaq Mason. It just feels like what we created our own headache that we then had to invest. We essentially invested a lot into a position we just didn't need to. So I think Cole Strain is going to be really good. I like what I've seen so far through the first two weeks, but I just, it feels like we didn't need to address that position. We could have used that first round pick somewhere else, but I think it's worked out for the most part so far. So we'll see, but yeah, I I think he's a good pick and I think he'll be good uh, moving forward. But all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will see you all on Friday with my week three preview of Patriots Ravens. Until then, have a good week.